Welcome to the God Love Cities podcast presented by the North American Mission Division of the New York Metro. And I'm so honored that you're joining us today. This is a podcast where we discuss with leaders the importance of understanding and reaching cities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're honored to have you joining us during this episode. Let's get started. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of God Love Cities. My name is Donnie Willis, and on behalf of the North American Missions Department of New York Metro, welcome. Glad you are here today. We have a very special guest, another church planter, not in the New York Metro. He feels as if God has called him to a greater city, which I never understand. But we have Jerry West from Washington, D.C., church planter in Washington, D.C., metro area. Um, a city that definitely needs a lot of Jesus, and we are so excited to have him with us. Um, Jerry, thank you so very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's an honor to be with you. Yes, sir. So everyone has a story of how they got to the point where they're at. I know that you didn't start planting a Freedom Church in um, D.C., so you probably came from somewhere. And so if you don't mind, just kind of share a little bit about where you came from and how God kind of spoke to you about planting a church in D.C. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I'm not from D.C. Uh, the city that I'm from is just like D.C., except completely different. I'm from a rural part of Kentucky and uh, grew up there, got into church as a teenager and uh following high school went to indiana bible college felt a call to ministry never had any thoughts whatsoever about planting a church i wanted somebody to give me a church i think that's what most people want um and so i go through ibc after ibc i was in dc for my very first time with uh, pastor mooney there was a uh, some kind of meeting that that was being hosted at the White House at the beginning of uh, Obama's term. And uh, he invited a few IBC alumni to come along. So I went uh, really just last minute. And while I was there, I was sitting in Union Station there in D.C. having a conversation with a young man who was uh, in D.C. helping Bishop Staten plant his church there. And he just casually mentioned that there was only one church at that time in the Beltway, uh, which now is home to 1.8 million people. They were the only UPC church. And as soon as he said that, I immediately just felt an overwhelming burden that um, really never left me. So for years, I'd be in certain environments and I would feel that same feeling well up in me again. And finally, I got to the place I was pastoring in Kentucky. Things were going well. And uh, the church we were pastoring was really in a season of revival. And I felt that that old burden again. And this time I could not get away from it. So I said uh, to God in prayer, I'm like, you've got to take this away from me or I'm going to have to go plant a church in D.C. And so he won. And here we are. Um, and so we moved to D.C. in June of 2021 to begin the work in church. And uh, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated one year of weekly services. And uh, we're here. Uh, we made it a year, so I feel like I feel like if we made it a year, we can make it forever. That is so awesome. Well, congratulations on your one year. Um, I know that there are probably a lot of peaks and valleys in that one year, 
And I want to highlight something that I think is very unique and something that church planners crave um, that you have that you have benefited from intentionally. Um, You've partnered with another church that helps you. And whenever I say help, I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about people. And there is a there's an established work who treats people like seed that they are seeding into your ministry and into your church and and helping you along the way. That way you don't feel like you are alone. And so can you kind of tell us about that relationship and what it's meant for you and how it's helped? Sure. So when I was on deputation, I uh, I'm a UPC, I'm a Metro missionary. So I deputized prior to coming to DC. I, uh, I saw a church that was helping another church and they, they called that their sister church. And uh, it was a unique idea that I took some notes of and I thought, you know, I, I'm going to do this someday. So we get to DC and my good friends, uh, Travis and Amber Worthington, I've known Travis, we were in a wedding together when I was 18 years old. So we've known one another a very long time. They moved to the DC area and planted, they were parachute planters. It's just that couple, they came, made connections, began to teach Bible studies, and they've been here over 12 years now, uh, laboring to plant Nova Church. It's just over in Northern Virginia, 25, 30 minutes away from where Freedom Church is. And, uh, and so he and I had several conversations where we talked about that model and how perhaps we, we could work together. And, um, so it was a few weeks before we launched weekly services, he stood up to his church and he preached a message. He called it one day. And he talked about all the dreams of church planting and how, uh, you know, one day in the language of a dreamer, uh, you know, those are. Those are common common words, like you're dreaming and thinking about what's going to happen one day. One day we're going to do this. One day we're going to do that. And how he felt like God really challenged him because he did have dreams of planting other churches. And he felt like God challenged him, said, are, are you only willing to, to do this if your name is attached to it? And so he, uh, he decided that he wanted to be a part of the Freedom Church story. And so we... Uh, worked together. He launched uh, a missions program. So he asked people in his local church to be missionaries, to serve as missionaries at least one Sunday a month uh, for three-month terms. And so for, during those three months, uh, they'll come over to Freedom in the afternoon. They have a morning service, and they serve as greeters, as uh, uh, members of the music team, just as worshipers. Um, and so when we first started, we had a ton of people because we really didn't have any of our own people. And so they really carried a lot of weight. Now um, we are we're able to stand on our own some. We have our own greeters now. and We have our own people that are able to serve somewhat. And we've been supported by other churches. There are other churches in the area who have sent music teams once a month. But our relationship with Nova has been unique in that uh, it's a weekly relationship that we have. And, uh, you know, there's this statement that somebody made in a book once said that we should measure our churches, not in our seating capacity, but in our sending capacity. And I think Nova Church is a great example of that because every week there are between five and 15 people who come over to freedom and they serve. 
and I, I got to tell you, I know that it's it's moved us far beyond where we would be by ourselves. As a matter of fact, Pastor Travis told me after our first preview service where they were there in attendance and serving, he said that the atmosphere in the room in, our, in that preview service was an atmosphere that he didn't feel for the first five years in planting Nova Church. And so when you can walk into a room and it already feels like an apostolic church, it's it's just, it's different, right? Because then we're not trying to teach worship culture. It's They're already seeing it exampled. And so I can't, I can't really stress enough how significant that has been for us in our journey. And I know that here we are, you know, we moved here, didn't know anybody in the DC area with one exception where uh, God had connected me to somebody during the COVID season, a backslider of 35 years. And uh, Sunday, we had 32 people that are, Freedom Church connections or members, people who could show up any given Sunday. They don't ever show up at the same time, but they did Sunday. It's Easter. Um, and I know that we couldn't be there without that church. And so certainly anybody that would listen to this, I would just encourage you to look for somebody that you can work with and serve alongside. I believe that it strengthens the relationship with the churches. Um, and, and so we're just really excited about it. We think that really it is the apostolic model that was exampled in the book of Acts and, and we're excited about it. And their church has blossomed over this past year. And I think that, that they would say the same thing. Well, that's, that is so awesome. Number one, uh, it lets the church planner, you know, that, um, Hey, you're not alone in this thing. Because I'm sure that that is, well, I know that that is one of the biggest issues that church planners deal with is that feeling of I'm on an island all about all out here by myself trying to make this thing happen. And does anybody know? Does anybody care? And so being able to find that partnership where someone comes alongside you and says, hey, I not only care about you with my words, but I care about you with my people. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference. I, I passed a sign uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a construction project in D.C., and it has a quote that really, really resonated with me. It said, every extraordinary thing begins by breaking ground. And, uh, man, I mean, of course, that's so true. And so over this past year, we've been breaking ground uh, in almost two years. We've been breaking ground in D.C., but it's a whole lot easier to break ground with other people than it is to do it by yourself. I was reading some statistics recently about uh, churches that that fail, uh, church plants specifically, and the number one reason that every church planner mentions, and there are numerous reasons why people get to the place where they decide to shut a work down, but every single time they mention isolation. Hmm. And so we, you know, uh, somebody said revival is spelled W-O-R-K. I think that's true. Like there's no way to get out of the work of it. However, um, there are certain elements that we can lessen the burden of and isolation is one of those obviously finances are another one of those and so um yeah i can't thank god and uh, pastor travis enough uh, because there have been times our, our first easter we we were four weeks old our first easter and it was a low day for us um you know i don't know why i thought this i guess having pastored in the south i thought like all the families around the church would see this brand new church and they're like, oh, it's Easter. We got to go to this new church. None of them did. Uh, we had like 10 people, Freedom Church people, and we were really down about it. But I had 20 people 
that came from Nova that day. And so um, they've been able to encourage and strengthen me in really low times. I like to say that miracle territory is uncomfortable terrain. You know, it's a hard journey to walk. Uh, And we all want the miracles. We don't want the journey. But if we're going to have to take this arduous journey, let's do it together. Let's work together and find ways to support one another. Um, And it's easy for me to say that right now because I'm on the receiving end of it. But um, I'm going to extend that same hand to somebody else as soon as we can. Absolutely. that, That is so great. And I really hope that that helps or encourages a church planner or an established church pastor out there. If you're an established church pastor out there, there's a good chance that there's a church planter around you who feels isolated and lonely. And they would probably love a phone call right now that says, I'm in your corner. And there's two questions that you can always ask a church planner. Um, This is, like I said, this is for the established pastors out there. There's two questions you can always ask a church planner. Number one, how are you doing? This speaks to their emotions and let them kind of empty their bucket on how they're doing because they're probably not doing well. And they've probably got some choice words that they would love a safe place to use because it's hard. And then the second question that I would encourage established church pastors out there today is what can I do for you? What do you need? And then just listen. They will tell you exactly what they need and then put some feet on it to figure out how to make it work for you and make it work for them and go out of your comfort zone. Let's, let's do this thing together. Um, they're, they're doing it in DC and it's absolutely beautiful. Now, Jerry, you mentioned um, we are at Easter time. You mentioned four weeks in was your first Easter. You know, you just, we just had Easter last weekend and you decided to do something completely different. Me and you were on the phone earlier this week and you were telling me about that whole Easter experience. I, I don't want to give any spoilers. I'm going to let you completely tell the story, but just to say um, after this podcast is over, all of you need to go follow Freedom Church on Instagram and on Facebook and whatnot and see some pictures of the stories that you're about to hear. So tell us about uh, tell us about Easter. Yeah. So, of course, I alluded to uh, the no good, terrible, absolutely awful Easter as we were four weeks old and no one coming, no guests. We, it was really like the only Sunday in that entire quarter where we had no guests was Easter. Um, and so... As we approached Easter this year, I thought, okay, I don't want to set myself up for that same kind of disappointment. What can we do? If people aren't going to come to us, how can we go to them and just, you know, try to leverage that moment? I think a lot of church planting is uh, finding out when, when to push hard to try to make something happen and then when to recognize that you just need to swim with the current. And so, um, I have a great relationship with Indiana Bible College. Of course, I, I attended there. They came and we held a concert uh, my launch weekend on the National Mall. And it was great. Um, and so they reached out uh, just as we were discussing possibilities of them coming back again. They reached out about Easter. And so I thought, well, you know what? Why not just do another concert there on the mall? Uh, people are already going to be there, so I don't have to worry about whether anybody's going to show up. People are drawn to music. 
And we could just use it as an opportunity to uh, really try to make some connections. And so we began to plan for that. Uh, we printed, we had some Frisbees printed up uh, with Freedom Church info on it. We thought we would just pass out the kids and just kind of use it as an opportunity to outreach. And then also, you know, we believe, well, we know that people are drawn to music. And so they'll stick around and hear music. As apostolics, we have anointed music. And so we know that the spirit can touch people in it. So uh, we decided to go all in on an Easter concert. So we filed for the permit uh, to hold our service there at the Washington Monument. There's a stage on the side of that property called the Sylvan Theater. And so we submitted an application for um, our First Amendment demonstration there. They approved it. And we were ready to go. So we went all in on that. We showed up on Sunday morning at 830. The concert was going to begin at 11. Again, that's the, this is the third event like this that I've done. And we set everything up. They're ready for sound check at 930. And they realize there's no power on the stage in any of the outlets. And so I go and find a park ranger and have a conversation with him about there being no power. He says, I'll let somebody in maintenance know. And so I really wasn't all that concerned. Matter of fact, somebody came to me and said, what are we going to do if we don't have any power? I'm like, that's not even a possibility because we've spent too much money. We've put too much effort into this. God's not going to let that happen. Um, I mean, I was filled with faith at this point. This was an impossibility. Well, 30 minutes later, I get another phone call. It's 10 o'clock now. I get a phone call from the National Park Service, and they say, listen, there's not going to be any power on the stage. Uh, none, none of our electricians are working today. It's Easter. So unfortunately, you're not going to have any power. And so then I'm having this crisis of faith, like why would God let this happen? And so I go and I'm literally like laying hands on the outlets and like, okay, maybe this is going to be an incredible story. And I have some incredible stories to tell in church planting. I mean, you know, church planting, as, as I said, it's miracle territory. You're going to see some miracles. I'm like, I'm going to put this in the Pentecostal Life magazine. I laid hands on the power outlet and boom, the power of the spirit was flowing and uh, it didn't work at all. Uh, no power. It just, just as dead as some of our earliest services. Um, and so um, I start fighting with the park rangers, you know, uh, in the most Christian way possible. Like, listen, I put all of our eggs in this basket. No pun intended. Uh, it's Easter I've got to have this event. What am I going to do if I have to cancel Easter in essence? Like that, that just sounds terrible. Um, and so I plead with them. They make some phone calls. Finally at 1045, again, we're supposed to start at 11. They call back and say, listen, we're out of options. I'm sorry. Better luck next year. And through some previous conversations with uh, the Park Service, I knew that there were only two places on the National Mall that have power outlets. Uh, that stage and the Lincoln Memorial. And so I said, well, hey, could, could we move to the Lincoln Memorial? At this point, you know, we've paid for hotel rooms for IBC. This is what I'm thinking. Uh, and so I, I, I want to get something out, out of the school here. This is expensive. So we're going to have a concert somewhere. I'd like to do it on the mall. And so she said, well, let me call you right back. She called back and she says, you can move to the Lincoln. And so we like just tear everything down as quickly as possible. And we go and we set up at the Lincoln Memorial. We get there, there's no power either. Um, but thank God there was a good park ranger who helped us troubleshoot and we got power and we started our concert two and a half hours late and it was incredible. Uh, 
you, you can get online and, and see the, one of the video clips. Hundreds of people gather. I mean, there were thousands of people there, but hundreds of people were drawn in, were worshiping with us. They were videoing. Um, it, it was it was really it was really just dynamic. It was special too. You just being right there with thousands of people on Resurrection Sunday, then being drawn in, made a lot of great connections. We had an opportunity for people to take communion. It was uh, Really, I did it so that we'd have a chance to really just share the gospel message about the death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, we had nearly 80 people step up to take communion, uh, which was a real spiritual moment in the service. And I think that... Um, we're going to have some people show up as a result of that. Whereas had we just had a traditional service and tried to act like a bigger church, um, perhaps none of those people would have been there. I know none of those people would have been there. So Jimmy Tony has a statement says it's okay to act your age as a church planner. And uh, so that was really our attempt to act our age and it worked out. So I think that when it was all said and done, God didn't allow the power to come on he let me go through that so that we could have a bigger impact on Sunday. And once again, God proves that uh, his way is better than mine. Um, I just wish he would tell me about it beforehand. Uh, he, he doesn't always communicate very well to me. <laughs> and that is so stinking true. We like for um, uh, miracles to come first, first and faith to come second. But at the, but in God's yeah. world, miracles only follow faith and acts of faith. So right. if you want yeah. a miracle, you have to yeah. act on faith, not knowing if anything good is going to come out, just believing that something good is going to come out of it. Yeah, and I believe that, you know, the evidence of our faith, most of the time it isn't expressing how we feel, but how we move. And so it's like when we keep making steps and just believe, okay, I think it, somehow this has to work out. Uh, and I don't think we ever graduate from walking by faith. Uh you know, so in the whole journey, it's just one faith-filled step after another, knowing that if God doesn't come through, then I'm going to fail miserably. And God comes through again, and uh, and we're just excited to see what 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 happens from it. Um, we even had Marine One fly overhead. Uh, you and I were talking about this. Yeah. So uh, President Biden was in our service on Sunday. Uh, whether yeah, I mean he well, yes, whether whether he meant to be there or not, he flew overhead, so we're counting him. Uh, so, you know, we're one of the most influential churches in Washington, D.C. that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> I love it. And there is a photo. Good luck. Um, there's a photo of Marine One flying over the concert. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like finding Waldo. And so good luck finding it. But whenever you find it, make sure you write a comment in the section saying found it, but don't give it away. And so that that was a that was a fun little thing. And um, I got one more question for you before we let you go. Uh, so last question. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now in this season of life? You've launched already. You're a year in. You're looking toward the future. If there was something right now that you're feeling in prayer that God's kind of dealing with you about what, what would that thing be? Oh man. Um, I, yeah, I think the launch, the launch aspect, I mean, it, it requires, it requires a tremendous amount of faith, no doubt, you know, to step out and start something, but also uh, that's probably the easiest season to navigate in a lot of ways um, because 
you know, everything's kind of predetermined in, in some sense, right? Um, I, I think now it's more, you know, just the faith to stay, faith to start. It, you know, it requires a certain level, but I think the faith to stay is is uh, a little bit more. It's a little bit uh, more rare, but I think I would say that if if God's speaking anything to me right now, it's just keep going, just be faithful. Um, you know, the, the Sunday to Sunday, I love the big Sundays like Easter, and a couple of weeks before that, we had our uh, one year service. Those are fun, man. Launch Sunday is fun. Um, there's some fun Sundays built into that, uh, but it, every Sunday is important. And so to just show up and be faithful and and trust the process, I think, is really where I'm at. Just knowing that it's kind of like with a little baby. Uh, our, our youngest is, is turning three next month now, so we're like getting sleep again. But, you know, in those earliest moments, when you don't see a whole lot of progress and uh, uh, you're not getting very much sleep and all of that stuff, it's it's easy to want to hit fast forward. This is really what I've been chewing on lately. It's easy to want to hit fast forward and get to the good stuff. Um, it's like, you know, when they can acknowledge who you are and they can tell you that they love you more than the other parent, that kind of stuff. Um, but then you look back on that season and you're like, man, that that was the good stuff. Um, I've actually been saying to myself a lot lately on Sundays, uh, as I walk out to service, these are the good old days. I saw a sign that said that one time. And so I think that's it. Like just cherish where the season that you're in, because you're going to look back in and you're going to see all these miracles that you couldn't recognize in the moment. And so, um, that's, that's where I'm at. And what I believe God, God really is saying to me now, it's like, okay, keep going. You're just getting started. Keep the faith, have the faith to stay, and um, and then let's let's see let's see what the future holds. Brother Jerry West, thank you so much for sharing with us so, a part of your journey. For all of you out there, once you share with them your Instagram, your Facebook, your church socials, the website, anything. So you can follow uh, Freedom on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Freedom Church DC. Our web uh, address is freedomchurchdc.com and uh, then my, my personal Instagram and uh, Facebook is uh, at Jerry D West. Um, and so, yeah, at Freedom Church DC, that's where uh, the majority of the good stuff is posted. So, um, yeah, follow along. But then also keep in mind that we're only posting the stuff that looks good. So don't get discouraged when you see that. Uh if, if it looks like we have a big crowd, there's a good chance that we took that picture from a creative angle. Um, people say to me a lot, like, man, it looks like things are going so great. Like, come to one of my services and then say that. Uh, but yes, at Freedom Church DC um, is uh, all of our socials. And then we do have a podcast, too, just our sermon podcast uh, uh, from Sundays. And if you ever hop on there and you see something that speaks to you and you're like, hey, I want to preach that in my church text me, I'll email you the notes and see if you can make something of it. So, And also on his website, there's this little button. It says giving. And so if the Lord leads you to that button, he that would button works. Happy. It works. We That's the one thing that we know works on the website. 
<laughs> it's the first thing you make sure works. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you again for joining the God Loves Cities podcast. We know that God loves Washington, D.C. He doesn't love it as much as he loves New York City. And um, once again, thank you so very much for jumping on the call today. Absolutely. All right. Well, God bless you. And thank you all. all. I hope that you've all enjoyed this episode of God Love City. My name is Donnie. And feel free to go back to the other episodes and check them out. And make sure you give a like, a subscribe. And if you liked this uh, episode, go ahead and write a comment. But if you didn't like this episode, well, just move on. Have a great rest of your day and God bless you.